stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome back to Administrative Static. Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchioni with you, and we are joined by Litigation Counsel Shang Lee. Shang, welcome to Administrative Static. I think in person, maybe for the first time in a long time. Anyway, that's that's right. And thanks, and great to be here. So we, we uh, Shang is with us because of another Supreme Court case. This time, not one that was brought by NCLA, but one in which we filed uh, an amicus brief brief in support of cert, which is not something that NCLA does very often. Uh, Unlike some groups uh, around town, which which sort of make a, a habit of that, it's something that we do rather sparingly. Uh, but we thought this case was important enough that we wanted to put our our shoulder uh, to uh, the to the boulder and try to get the court to to grant cert. And the good news is, uh, just uh, uh, a week or so ago, cert was granted. Yeah, so great. so tell us about the Starbucks v. McKinney case. What's uh, what's at issue here, and why was this? Uh, why was this worthy of NCLA's attention, Shane? So this is a uh, uh, McKinney is it's the regional director of the National Labor uh, Review Board. So it's really Starbucks v. NORB, you know, through McKinney, uh, and you know it's a labor dispute. Uh, Starbucks fired a group of employees, and the agency came up and said uh, decided to uh, drag Starbucks into an administrative adjudication. Uh, alleging that they did it, they fired them in violation of labor law, and, and you know that's not really what's at stake here, but rather it's what the agency, it's the process of the administrative adjudication, as many listeners know, is uh, is you know the focus of NCLA's ire. Right. So they got they, uh, the NLRB went in, uh, a National Labor Relations Board went in and got a preliminary injunction against Starbucks, essentially uh, obtaining from a federal district judge. Uh, the, the the right to have Starbucks stop doing what NLRB was objecting to, yeah, but it, but the standard was 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 a funky standard. It, it is, and so in every other maybe listeners know, but in every other context, uh, a litigant can get a injunction, a preliminary injunction against uh, the opposing party, uh, but they have to meet four factors. Uh, the most important of which is likely of success on the merits. You're likely to win. You can stop them from doing something uh, before the final adjudication uh, because you can convince the judge that you're right. Uh, and the second important factor is irreparable harm. That if you don't get this immediate relief, uh, you, you no take backsies. You can't you can't get it back. Uh, and then there's some balancing factors, so balance of harms and the public interest, which are less important. Uh, and so that's that's in every other context. This is the rule, even for the government. Even for the government. And when NCLA goes against the government, NCLA has to prove these four factors. If Starbucks sues the agency, Starbucks has to prove these factors to stop the agency from doing something. Uh, but in in the Sixth Circuit and a number of other circuits. Uh, the rule is different for the agency. Instead, they, they, they use what's called the reasonable cost test. And the agency has to show reasonable cause. And they don't have to prove to the judge or show the judge that the agency is likely to be right in the underlying enforcement action. They just have to show that it's not frivolous. Uh, and, and maybe if listeners you know, of this podcast are, are familiar with Chevron, this sounds a lot like the Chevron deference, where the agency wins as long as they're not being, quote unquote, unreasonable or not making a frivolous argument. So, so basically, if they don't violate Rule 11, 
They, they get they get an, an injunction, and that's that's you know this is kind of a crazy situation, especially when uh, if you f- take the parties and you flip them, the rule is very different, and the agency is not it's at a, di- a, a significant advantage here, uh, and so there is a circuit split. The sixth circuit, the fifth circuit, a few others have this very soft test for the agency. A few other circuits, the seventh and the fourth, notably, uh, uh, go the other way and and apply the same four factor test. So that. That circuit split made this, uh, I think, a, a, a case that the Supreme Court is paying attention to. But our amicus briefs focused on uh, not the circuit split, but the underlying due process problems inherent in this unfair, uh, unfair test. Right. So, th- so they get the injunction, and then what's the incentive that the agency has to to uh, finish the adjudication well, quickly once it has the injunction? Yeah, that's that's the problem. The agency not only can get the injunction really easily. But the agency is in complete control over how long that injunction lasts because the injunction lasts until the agency finishes its adjudication, uh, which can take many, many years. And, you know, the agency can decide to make it take even longer. Uh, So, you know, in this case, agency has forced Starbucks to rehire the employees. Um, And and, uh, in other cases, uh, the stakes are maybe even higher. There's one case um, where the agency prevented uh, the the employer that it it was uh, uh, enforcing against from selling a you know a million dollar factory that the that the employer wanted to sell which would result in some employees being you know let go um, and so that was a huge cost and and if you're the employer in that situation well you're sitting there being like well. There's no way that I'm in a no-win scenario. Well, because the buyer may not be there when the agency is ready to let you sell it. Exactly. And, you know, because the relief in this case, the relief the agency is going to try to get in the administrative adjudication is going to be something like, you know, you have to keep these employees on your payroll. But the Starbucks already has to keep (coughs) the employees under on its payroll uh, under this injunction. So the agency essentially gets to win. uh, Right. For the the duration. By by being non-frivolous. And, and the Starbucks is put in a position where it really just has to, you know, has to give up. Um, well, I, I guess in this case, Starbucks didn't because it's a billion-dollar company that could hire very good lawyers to take it all the way to the Supreme Court. But when the agency goes after smaller employers, they just have to roll over. And, and they do routinely. So why does the National Labor Relations Act have this provision in it? It seems like an unfair provision that Congress would never have passed. Well, Congress didn't pass that provision. Oh, okay. Uh, All Congress passes, (laughs) Section 10J of the Act says the agency can get an injunction in federal court. Well, that's not a problem. That's, you know, agencies do that all the time in enforcement actions. You know, if if we think the employer is doing something terrible, um, you can stop them from doing that while the adjudication is going on. Uh, But the problem is you have to at least show that you're likely to succeed in showing the employer did something terrible, because uh, otherwise uh, you're you're essentially taking away the employer's property without any due process, without without showing anything any wrongdoing. And, and you're basically saying, well, you might lose, but you get to win in the interim, right? Yes. That which is totally the opposite of any injunctive. You you're like you're likely to lose, but but exactly. you know here it, it is for now. Usually, there, uh, Shang was talking about the, uh, the the balance of equities factors. One of the factors they look at is. What if we ke- if is there a problem with keeping the status quo? Because usually there's a little bit of a default for keeping things yeah. the way they are rather than issue the injunction. And here it's it's almost the reverse. Yeah, and the irreparable harm problem as well. There's employee because in other contexts you have employment disputes, and in those cases the employee typically don't you know they have to win before they can get their job back because uh, there's no irreparable harm because you can always get back pay. 
uh, for for you know the time that you were separated. But they'll never be able to work those hours that they missed. <laughs> well, it's actually you think it's even better. You get the back pay without having to work. It's like whenever whenever the government shuts down and they always whine about the federal workers that you know yep. you're like uh, they're not working and they're still going to get paid. That doesn't seem like a terrible deal. But the, the, the absurdity of this is by by definition under this test. Uh, the judge can believe it's more likely than not that Starbucks was right in firing these employees, and yet the judge under this test would still have to make let the agency win, which again is it's exactly the problem that that NCLA has as uh, uh, is fighting the Chevron deference for. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if, if this wasn't in the National Labor Relations Act, where does this? crazy idea for a for a lower preliminary injunction standard come from? It's entirely judge-made, and uh, it's Sixth Circuit uh, precedent, and, and Judge uh, Radler in the Sixth Circuit, which is on the panel, uh, concurred in, in the judgment that uh, the agency should win here, but wrote separately to say, yes, this is our precedent, and when under our crazy precedent, the agency wins, but please, please, somebody revisit this precedent. Stop me before I rule again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Can you get that on a bumper sticker, John? <laughs> I know a few judges I'd like to send it to. <laughs> so where does this stand now, uh, Shane? The Supreme Court has uh, granted cert uh, last week. Um, I, I don't know if there's a briefing schedule, uh, but the uh, uh, we think the Starbucks is going to file its merits brief in the next month or so. We'll likely file an amicus brief. The government will respond and so forth. And we think the argument would likely be scheduled uh, for April of this term for a decision, likely, you know, in late May or June. Okay, so uh, so Starbucks is able to, to do this because they're a Fortune 500 company and they, you know, they, they have a large legal budget to, to push back on the NLRB. Uh, what what happens to I, I know you talk. That, that's a grande budget. That's a that's not a, it's not a venti. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so but what happens to you know to smaller fry who you touched on this a little bit, but I just wanted to kind well, of they, underscore this. Yeah, if you are hit with one of these injunctions, it means you have to. You know, it, it, some of these injunctions have considerable expenses attached to them. You have to keep employees that you don't want on the payroll, or you can't use your property like a factory the way you want to use it. And, uh, and those expenses mount, and they last until the agency says, you know, lets you go. Um, so the agency, you know, they last until the agency, the agency is in full control of the duration of the injunction, can use that to course you in the underlying enforcement action to uh, a result, uh, to, to a settlement to result. Settle, right. That's, that's much more favorable than perhaps you would have been willing to settle, or maybe you would have been willing to fight it all the way. But, you know, but if you're, if you're these, incurring these injunction costs every day, uh, it, it just makes more business sense to to uh, give up oftentimes. Yeah. yeah, so you have this judge-made standard that gives tremendous leverage to the NLRB that then forces people to, to knuckle under and settle on terms that they never would have settled under uh, if, if it weren't for the leverage that the agency is able uh, to bring to bear against them. I'm glad the Supreme Court took this case. I mean, this sounds like something uh, that's that's been in effect for a long time and that's pretty bad. Um What's the exact question that the court's going to be deciding? Is 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 the is it phrased that the you know does the preliminary injunction standard have to go away or the normal standard applies? Right. It's whether it? the uh, the normal um, I forget the exact language, but the normal four factor test should be applicable in uh, for NRB uh, injunctions. Okay. As All opposed right. to this wishy washy reasonableness test. 
Well, I, I think that uh, you've made a great case uh, as to why that should be the case, Shang, and we'll count on you to keep our audience uh, informed here. Uh, you're planning to file a, a, a brief, so five seconds left, but you're planning to file a brief That's on right. the merits? Yes, we are. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you, Shang, for telling us about the Starbucks v. McKinney case. 